Section 14 of Eugene Onegin by Alexander Pushkin, translated by Henry Spalding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Canto the Seventh, Moscow, Part Two. Twenty-two. And my Tatiana now began to understand by slow degrees more clearly, God be praised, the man, whom autocratic fate's decrees had bid her sigh for without hope, a dangerous, gloomy misanthrope, being from hell or heaven sent, angel or fiend malevolent. Which is he? Or an imitation? A bogey conjured up in joke, a Russian in Child Harold's cloak, of foreign whims the impersonation, handbook of fashionable phrase, or parody of modern ways. 23. Has she found out the riddle yet? Has she a fitting phrase selected? But time flies, and she doth forget, They long at home have her expected. Whither two neighboring dames have walked, And a long time about her talked. What can be done? She is no child, Cries the old dame with anguish filled. Olinka is her junior, see? Tis time to marry her, tis true. But tell me, what am I to do? To all she answers cruelly, I will not wed and ever weeps, and lonely through the forest creeps. 24. Is she in love? quoth one. With whom? Boyanov courted, she refused. Petrushkov met the self-same doom. The hussar Pitkin was accused. How the young Ip on Tanya doted, to captivate her how devoted. I mused, perhaps the matter squared. Oh, yes! My hopes soon disappeared. But, Matushka, to Moscow you should go, The market for a maid, With many vacancies, tis said. Alas, my friend, no revenue. Enough to see one winter's end. If not, the money I will lend. 25. The venerable dame opined The counsel good and full of reason. Her money counted, and designed to visit Moscow in the season. Tatiana learns the intelligence, of her provincial innocence the unaffected traits she now unto a carping world must show, her toilet's antiquated style, her antiquated mode of speech, for Moscow fops and Circe's each to mark with a contemptuous smile. Whore! Had she not better stay deep in the greenwood far away? 26. Arising with the morning's light, Unto the fields she makes her way, And with emotional delight surveying them, She thus doth say, Ye peaceful valleys all, good-bye, Ye well-known mountain summits high, Ye groves whose depths I know so well, Thy beauteous sky above, farewell, Delicious nature, thee I fly, The calm existence which I prize I yield for splendid vanities, Thou too, farewell, my liberty. Whither and wherefore do I speed, And what will destiny concede? 27. Farther Tatiana's walks extend. Tis now the hillock, now the rill, Their natural attractions lend To stay the maid against her will. She the acquaintances she loves, Her spacious fields and shady groves, Another visit haste to pay. But summer swiftly fades away, And golden autumn draweth nigh, And pallid nature trembling grieves, 
the victim decked with golden leaves. Dark clouds before the north wind fly. It blew, it howled, till winter e'en came forth in all her magic sheen. 28. The snow descends and buries all, hangs heavy on the oaken boughs, a white and undulating pall o'er hillock and o'er meadow throws, the channel of the river stilled as with eider down is filled, the hoarfrost glitters, all rejoice in Mother Winter's strange caprice, but Tanya's heart is not at ease. Winter's approach she doth not hail, nor the frost particles inhale, nor the first snow of winter sees her shoulders, breast and face to lave. Alarm the winter's journey gave. 29. The date was fixed, though oft postponed, but ultimately doth approach. Examined, mended, newly found was the old and forgotten coach. Kibitka's three, the accustomed train, the household property contained. Saucepans and mattresses and chairs, portmanteaus and preserves in jars, feather-beds, also poultry-coops, basins and jugs. Well, everything to happiness contributing. Behold, beside their dwelling groups of serfs the farewell wail have given. Nags eighteen to the door are driven. 30. These to the coach of state are bound. Breakfast the busy cooks prepare. Baggage is heaped up in a mound. Old women at the coachman swear. A bearded postilion astride a lean and shaggy nag doth ride. Unto the gates the servants fly to bid the gentlefolk good-bye. These take their seats. The coach of state leisurely through the gateway glides. Adieu, thou home where peace abides, where turmoil cannot penetrate. Shall I behold thee once again? Tatiana tears cannot restrain. 31. The limits of enlightenment when to enlarge we shall succeed. In course of time, the whole extent will not five centuries exceed by computation. It is like our roads transformed the eye will strike. Highways all Russia will unite and form a network left and right. Iron bridges we shall gaze which o'er the waters boldly leap. Mountains will level and through deep streams excavate subaqueous ways and Christian folk will, I expect, an inn at every stage erect. 32. But now, what wretched roads one sees, our bridges long neglected rot, and at the stages bugs and fleas one moment's slumber suffer not. Inns there are none, pretentious but meagre, with a draughty hut, a bill of fare hangs full inside and irritates the appetite. Meantime a cyclops of those parts, before a fire which feebly glows, mends with the Russian hammer's blows the flimsy wares of western marts, with blessings on the ditches and the ruts of his own fatherland. 33. Yet on a frosty winter day the journey in a sledge doth please. No senseless fashionable lay glides with a more luxurious ease. For our automendons are fire and our swift triocas never tire. The versed posts catch the vacant eye, and like a placitude flit by. The Lorinas unwisely went, from apprehension of the cost, by their own horses, not the post. So Tanya to her heart's content could taste the pleasures of the road. Seven days and nights the travellers plod. 36. 
but they draw near before them lo white moscow raises her old spires whose countless golden crosses glow as with innumerable fires ah brethren what was my delight when i yon semicircle bright of churches gardens belfries high descried before me suddenly moscow how oft in evil days condemned to exile dire by fate on thee i used to meditate moscow how much is in the phrase for every loyal russian breast how much is in that word expressed thirty five lo compassed by his grove of oaks petrovsky place gloomily his recent glory he invokes here drunk with his late victory napoleon tarried till it pleased moscow approach on bended knees time-honored kremlin's keys present not so my moscow never went to seek him out with bended head no gifts she bears no feast proclaims but lights incendiary flames for the impatient chief instead from hence engrossed in thought profound he on the conflagration frowned thirty six adieu thou witness of our glory petrovsky place come astir drive on the city barriers hoary appear along the road of tver the coach is borne o'er ruts and holes past women sentry-boxes rolls past palaces and nunneries lamp-posts shops sledges families boharians peasants beds of greens boulevards belfries milliners huts chemists cossacks shopkeepers and fashionable magazines balconies lions heads on doors jackdaws in every spire in scores thirty seven the weary way still incomplete an hour passed by another till near caritans on a side street the coach before a house stood still at an old aunt's they had arrived who had for four long years survived an invalid from a lung complaint a kalmuck gray in caftan rent and spectacles his knitting stayed and the salon threw open wide the princess from the sofa cried and the newcomers welcome bade the two old ladies then embraced and exclamations interlaced thirty eight princess monange pachette a line who would have thought it as of yore is it for long ma chère cousin sit down how funny to be sure tis a scene of romance i vow tanya my eldest child you know ah come tatiana come to me is it a dream and can it be cousin remembers grandison what grandison yes certainly oh i remember where is he here he resides with simeon he called upon me christmas eve his son is married just conceive thirty nine and he but have him presently to-morrow tanya we will show what say you to the family alas abroad i cannot go see i hardly crawl about but you must both be quite tired out let us go seek a little rest ah i am so weak my throbbing breast oppressive now is happiness not only sorrow ah my dear now i am fit for nothing here in old age life is weariness 
Then weeping she sank back distressed, And fits of coughing racked her chest. 40. By the sick lady's gaiety and kindness Tanya was impressed, But, her own room in memory, The strange apartment her oppressed. Repose her silken curtains fled, She could not sleep in her new bed. The early tinkling of the bells, Which of approaching labor tells, Aroused Tatiana from her bed. The maiden at her casement sits as daylight glimmers, darkness flits, but ah, discerns nor wood nor mead, beneath her lay a strange courtyard, a stable, kitchen, fence appeared. 41. To consanguineous dinners they conduct Tatiana constantly, that grandmothers and grandsires may contemplate her sad reverie. We Russians, Friends from distant parts ever receive with kindly hearts and exclamations and good cheers. How Tanya grows! Doth it appear long since I held thee at the font, since in these arms thee I did bear, and since I pulled thee by the ear, and I to give thee cakes was wont? Then the old dames in chorus sing, Oh, how our years are vanishing! 42. But nothing changed in them is seen. All in the good old style appears. Our dear old aunt, Princess Helene, Her cap of tulle still ever wears. Lucera Lvovna paint applies. Amy Petrovna utter lies. Ivan Petrovitch still a gabby. Simon Petrovitch just as shabby. Pelagie Nikolovna has her friend Monsieur Philomoud the same. Her wolf-dog and her husband tame. Still of his club he member was, As deaf and silly doth remain, Still eats and drinks enough for twain. 43. Their daughters kiss Tatiana fair, In the beginning, cold and mute, Moscow's young graces at her stare, Examine her from head to foot. They deem her somewhat finical, Outlandish and provincial, A trifle pale, a trifle lean, But plainer girls they oft have seen. Obedient then to nature's law, With her they did associate, Squeeze tiny hands and osculate, Her tresses curled in fashion saw, And often whispers would impart A maiden's secrets of the heart. 44. Triumphs, their own or those of friends, Hopes, frolics, dreams and sentiment, Their harmless conversation blends With scandal's trivial ornament. Then to reward such confidence Her amorous experience with mute appeal To ask them seem, but Tanya, just as in a dream, without participation, hears. Their voices not to her impart, and the lone secret of her heart, her sacred hoard of joy and tears, she buries deep within her breast, nor aught confides unto the rest. 45. Tatiana would have gladly heard the converse of the world polite, but in the drawing-room all appeared to find in gossip such delight. Speech was so tame and colourless, their slander e'en was weariness. In the sterility of prattle, Questions and news and tittle-tattle, No sense was ever manifest, Though by an error and unsought, The languid mind could smile at naught, Heart would not throb, albeit in jest. Even amusing fools we miss in thee, Thou world of empty bliss. 46. In groups, official striplings Glance conceitedly on Tanya Fair, and views amongst themselves advance unfavorable unto her. But one buffoon unhappy deemed her the ideal which he dreamed, 
and leading gainst the portal closed to her an elegy composed. Also one Biazemsky, remarking Tatiana by a poor aunt's side, successfully to please her tried, and an old gent the poet marking by Tanya, smoothing his peruke, to ask her name the trouble took. 47. But where Melpomene doth rave with lengthened howl and accent loud, and her bespangled robe doth wave before a cold indifferent crowd, and where Thalia softly dreams and heedless of approval seems, Terpsichore alone among her sisterhood delights the young, so twas with us in former years, in your young days and also mine. Never upon my heroine the jealous dame her lorgnette veers, the connoisseur his glances throws from boxes or from stalls in rows. 48. To the assembly her they bear. There the confusion, pressure, heat, the crash of music, candles glare and rapid whirl of many feet, the ladies' dresses airy, light, the motley moving mass and bright, young ladies in a vastly curve to strike the imagination serve. Tis there that errant fops display their insolence and waistcoats white and glasses unemployed all night. Thither who stares on leave will stray to clank the spur, delight the fair, and vanish like a bird in air. 49. For many a lovely star hath night and Moscow many a beauty fair. Yet clearer shines than every light the moon in that blue atmosphere. And she to whom my lyre would fain, yet dares not, dedicate its strain, shines in the female firmament like a full moon magnificent. Lo, with what pride celestial her feet the earth beneath her press, her heart how full of gentleness, her glance how wild yet genial. Enough, enough, conclude thy lay, for folly's dues thou hast to pay. 50. Noise, laughter, bowing, hurrying mixed, gallop, mazurka, waltzing, see, a pillar by, two ends betwixt, Tanya, observed by nobody, looks upon all with absent gaze, and hates the world's discordant ways. Tis noisome to her there, in thought again her rural life she sought, the hamlet, the poor villagers, the little solitary nook where shining runs the tiny brook, her garden, and those books of hers, and the lime-alley's twilight dim, where first time she met with him. 51. Thus widely meditation erred, forgot the world, the noisy ball, whilst from her countenance ne'er stirred the eyes of a grave general. Both aunts looked knowing as a judge. Each gave Tatiana's arm a nudge, and in a whisper did repeat, Look quickly to your left, my sweet. The left? Why? What on earth is there? No matter, look immediately. There, in that knot of company, two dressed in uniform appear. Ah, he has gone the other way. Who? Is it that stout general, pray? 52. Let us congratulations pay to our Tatiana's conquering, and for a time our course delay, that I forget not whom I sing. Let me explain that in my song, I celebrate a comrade young, and the extent of his caprice. O epic muse, my powers increase, and grant success to labor long. Having a trusty staff bestowed, grant that I err not on the road. Enough, my pack is now unslung, 
To classicism I've homage paid, Though late, having a beginning made. End of Canto the Seventh